What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I'm a Dream Mason, a performance coach. I work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want, get real about what's in the way, and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom, and success in their life. Together, we get things done faster, raise the bar on your goals, improve your relationships, and get crystal clear on what you really want. Now, if you haven't already, Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube, and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a dream mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, Accomplishment Coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. Guys, today we have the former governor of California on the podcast, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger's here. How is everybody here. doing over here? What's up, Arnold? I'm doing good. How are you doing over there? <laughs> you got any new movies in the works? Yeah, I was doing this new movie. It's called God is the Show. It's kind of a movie, but it's kind of like a live show also, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's the live? What, tell me about Gladius. What is this live show? I don't know how far I can go with this oh, Arnold. All right, all right. you don't have to keep going, guys. This is Eric Martanovich impersonating Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Before we jump in, so on the Dream Mason podcast today, this is again another first, uh, a really unique episode. Um, so on the podcast today, our guests are first off. I mean, they're the awesomest people in the whole world. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they, let me write you a check. They are, uh, nat- they, they both are national, they have national titles in vaulting. And when I say vaulting, we're going to get more into what that is. Cause you know, I thought vaulting was like the, with the big pole and flying over bars and it's a different, it's equestrian vaulting. Um, they've represented or Eric has represented the United States in the equestrian games, or maybe you both have, I'm not, you're going to, you guys are going to clear this up for me because you've done yeah, a lot yeah. in things well, that I don't know anything about. And so I'm going to get to learn a lot today. And I, I think the audience is too, and be entertained. Um, and you guys were the original creators of Cavalia or some of the right. original creators. Some and of the, na- uh, part of the original creative team on Cavalia. Nice. And then now you have a show called Gladius. And then, so we got Eric Martanovich and a th- oh, man, I'm the worst. <laughs> Athea Shelton, right? Alethea. Alethea. <laughs> Alethea. I'm gonna get this right. We're gonna do, yeah. we're gonna do this. Uh-huh. But thanks for you know 
this was fun. I don't want to. I don't want to reboot this take. I think we should keep going. Alethea Shelton and Eric Martanovich, awesomest people in the world. Um, <laughs> before we even get in, how are you guys today? We're great. Good, good. We're doing good. Thanks we're for being right. here. Thanks for having fun with me to get started. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. You're not having fun. You're not doing anything right. There you go. So you guys, people can't see you, um, but if they look up, uh, what is it, Big Horse Productions? Is That would probably be the best way to look you guys up. It's it's actually Um, better now to just look up Gladius the show because we've got a lot of stuff out there about the show. So Okay. There's a lot lot more of Gladius than Big Horse now. It's kind of taken over. Spell Gladius for me. So if people are Googling it, how do they spell it? It's G L A D I U S. Okay, awesome. Um, so, but if you don't put in the show afterwards, you get about eight million things that pop up since okay. it's also a sword. And I would suggest Googling this. Um, I was doing it this morning <laughs> and I watched some of your guys' videos, and I just want to give people a, a quick idea. You get to see Eric. Who Eric? How how big are you? Are tall? What? How much do you weigh? <laughs> I'm the biggest, the biggest <laughs> biceps in the whole world. <laughs> um, I'm six two two forty. Okay, you look Which, big. You look even bigger. <laughs> well, especially explains, when you're standing on top of horses. That yeah, they're, they're why like have, twelve foot. Explains why we have giant horses, really. <laughs> okay, and well, how? What do you mean, giant horses? What does that even mean? Over half of our horses are over 2,000 pounds and between 18 and 19 hands tall. So they are wow. literally just giants. Think okay. Budweiser Clydesdales and then add a few pounds. Wow. And then – so you're going to see – if you Google this, you're, you're going to see Eric standing on top of – like literally standing a foot on each horse. And some of the time you're – you know, they're just walking and, and you're kind of like – at first I was like, oh, that doesn't look so hard, which I know that's not true. <laughs> but then there's shots of the horses actually, you know, running or galloping. And it's almost like your legs are on like a, an elliptical. Yeah, it's a little bit a little yeah. bit like that. It's nuts. And then – and then there's you guys are surrounded because I, I mo- on all the videos that I saw that wasn't just Eric. There were multiple people in there. Yeah. Right? yeah, we're standing on his shoulders while he's running, standing on the horses. We're standing on his shoulders. Some of us are in the air, grabbing people off the horses with him and dropping them back down with him. So there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> so it's it's like gym. You're like gymnasts and doing like horse back riding like i don't how do you guys even describe this uh cirque du soleil with horses that's a that's pretty the easiest way to describe it but yeah we, we're doing all kinds of gymnastic tricks while we're standing on the horses while they're running um and then we have we're not just standing on them we have aerialists that are coming out of the air and dropping onto onto me while i'm on the horses uh we have all chariots and fire props going on and i'll just there's Kind of a huge variety of everything. It's not just a horse show where we're celebrating the beauty of a horse because obviously the horses are all very beautiful. But we kind of strive to find the perfect balance of athleticism between both the horses and the humans. So we made it a goal to see where we could get with both of it. And we kind of just started creating things that had never been done anywhere else. And then how did like how how do you guys even end up here? So. (laughs) <laughs> like how did how did how did you guys meet? How did you even end up in this arena doing these kinds of things? I'm really stubborn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's pretty much how uh, we met in uh, the late '90s. 
we were, I was already starting to do some shows and I kind of recruited Alethea and lucky me. Yeah. And I've been torturing her ever since. Yes. And, <laughs> and then we just built up a crew around us and the horse we started out with a pickup truck and a horse trailer and a horse. We used to break down <laughs> on the down regular <laughs> trying to get to shows across the country with just our one or two horses. And, uh, then we, We've just been building it up over the years. We got picked up by Cavalia in 2003 to help create that show, did that. And then kind of when we, in that process, we were like, man, we could do something really cool. And we had a little bit, Cavalia is an amazing show, but we wanted to go a little bit different direction. And obviously when you're working there, we kind of were, we had, we were kind of stuck in a certain direction. We wanted to go a little bit more. A little bit more exciting, a little bit more bigger niche. And um, so when we quit that, we said to do it ourselves. And then we realized how hard it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the thing? Because, look, you'd think the hardest thing would be standing on horses, on giant horses while they're running with other humans on your back or standing on top of you. But <laughs> That's the easy part. That's, right? Well, I've been standing on horses since I was six. So for me, that part's not that bad. It's, um, it's just the... The whole thing, man, it's like you're you're trying to create something that really is a, you know, 10, 20 million dollar project with, you know, the money you make from a bartending gig and a few other things here and there. So it's just the, the blood, sweat and tears that go into it. And I mean, it's everything, everything from cleaning the stalls to booking contacts to designing the show to finding everybody that you can convince to actually work for you and promising them you'll pay them eventually to <laughs> just keeping, uh, keeping like the vet care with the horses and making sure the horses are good. And I mean, we work to make the money to throw into this and, and that's what we do. And then we work on this. So it's all, it's just a huge, it, it's really a project that should have multi-million dollar backing and a huge team behind it. And it has Nothing. us. Just, just us. <laughs> so we work really hard. <laughs> well, it's, it's, there's something that's really inspiring and, and very, you know, unique and cool that like two people are sent, are, are putting this thing on their back, literally and figuratively, um, you know, to create something that you guys are super passionate about. And it would also be awesome if you had those million dollar backers, what's the, is it possible to get those backers? Is it, is it something you guys don't want because you want control? Like what keeps you in the kind of having to do it yourself and doing it like the kind of grinding it out way versus, you know, maybe doing it more luxuriously. (laughs) Um, A little bit of everything. It's not the easiest thing in the world to find someone to back because there's not a lot of precedence of it being successful. You know, you have Cavalia who was backed by the Canadian government. So it was an easy kind of an easy sell versus, you know, us that we just, we don't have any of that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's a hard sell to get to, to get a backer to want to put a lot of money into it. And, you know, it's a, it's a high risk investment for somebody. So that's part of it. And the other part is, yeah, we really like having control of it and we're not, we're not willing to give up too much for, you know, I don't want some corporate thing to come in and say, okay, we want this kind of this way. We, we want to build this the way that we feel like it really should be done and not, not compromise on, um, what we, the, the artistic side of it. We don't want a watered down version of what we're trying to create. And we've had 
uh, some opportunities with backers in the past. And that's just what happened. It, it came down to a creative control thing where it turned into a show that just wasn't even ours and was diluted. And at that point, you have to walk away because it's not what was in our hearts to do. So it, it's not the easiest way to make a buck, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, it doesn't. I mean, it, just listening to you guys and like the fun that we had to start, it's not it doesn't occur as like, hey, this is a get rich scheme kind of thing. Like this isn't <laughs> there's. You know, I, I say this all the time when people like talk to me about being a coach. I'm like, if I just wanted to make money, there's way better ways than trying to get people to believe and go out, chase their biggest goals and dreams. People are terrified of that. It's a horrible way to like yeah. try to make money. And this yeah, kind of sounds similar. It's a great way to throw away your money. <laughs> <laughs> you spend a lot of money doing it. <laughs> but so no, what for sure we're, we're not, this isn't a get rich fast scheme by any stretch of the imagination. This is a, if you get rich, slow scheme at best. So no, it's uh, it's not, it's, it's not, it's never been about money. It's not, I mean, we want it, obviously we want this thing to be successful and do well, but if we were trying to, if we were doing this cause we want to get rich, we're really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing that, cause you described before, like, you know, you had a truck and a trailer and two horses and obviously you built up the horses and you probably have more than a truck or, you know, you're more, <laughs> yeah. more now, but and quite a bit trucks break down, horses die and get sick. You know, they get injured. Um, <laughs> you guys probably get injured. There's not a lot of money to support you guys in this trying to f- get to shows all across the country. It's not like you can just load up a horse in a suitcase and fly off to the next place. There's, there's all these, I want to say like obstacles and circumstances that are just part of what you chose, right? (laughs) Like when something happens, it's not weird. It's just what happens. Um, No, it's, uh, if we have a trip that everything goes right, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a weird trip. Like really nothing, nothing nothing strange happened. Uh, it's, uh, Obviously, it's gotten better over the years as we've gotten better equipment and everything. We, I mean, we started out with an old pickup and an old trailer, and things were constantly exploding. But, um, I mean, now we're, we have multiple semi-trucks and 18 horses and the whole crew. And so, I mean, it's a it, it's better. But we did a show um, last summer in Humboldt County. And because of all the fires in California, we we decided. were rerouted <laughs> on a route that was that we not advisable for semis was the sign. <laughs> Turns out you should listen to those signs. Yeah, no, we were, we were doing about 10 miles an hour for, I don't know how, five hours or something wow. like that. Just At it was 10% grade with hairpin turns on excavated. Roads. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, you just, it's just one dumb little obstacle after there's just always there's always something there's always there's so many variables in in this show from the show itself to the transporting to or from to training here to like you said injuries there's just it's there's there's so many variables that there's always something you're always problem solving you're always coming up with a solution it's really i love that you guys are talking about like there's always stuff because i think that in what you guys do it's like the stuff that happens is seems like it's bigger. It's more apparent. It's obvious, but it's no different than everyone else in our lives. The things are just smaller, but there's always stuff that's happening. That's getting in our way. Exactly. And, and so when we hear, like, I just saw one of the, uh, one of the guys, the guy who won the NBA, um, MVP award talked about, he thinks that his thing was doing it even when he didn't feel like it. And, 
that kind of sounds like you guys, right? Like, I'm sure there's tons of times where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is annoying or screw this. Or how do you keep like on task, on the commitment, on the path, even when. Big picture. Big picture. Look at the big picture. I, I mean, at three this morning when I was trying to pull out another horse to get some work done, I can tell you what, I would have much rather gone inside and had a beer and gone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was not really excited about doing working one more horse after the entire day of training and doing stuff. But you look at the big picture, you know, you keep when, when you don't feel like doing it, you do it anyway. Cause if you don't, then you're, I mean, this isn't easy. If it was, everyone could do it. Right. So if you just give up when it gets hard or you don't feel like it, then you're, you know, I mean, I'd go get a job at the local McDonald's and, oh, and whatever. <laughs> and like you said, you know, we're going to deal with those hardships anyway, working at the local McDonald's and whatever, then what kind of hardships will we experience? Those damn frozen patties. <laughs> so we might as well be doing um, exactly what we love because there's just, that's just the way that we choose to live our lives is that we should do what we love because we're here anyway. <laughs> yeah. So is there, like, how did you guys, did you get tr like trained? Do you feel like, like as kids, cause that's a mindset, like, cause not everyone does that, right? A lot of people quit everything. Things get hard. They stop. Where did you guys learn this kind of mindset to like, Hey, we look at the big picture. We do what we love. And no matter what shows up, we just keep going. I fell on my head a lot. <laughs> Are you advising we should drop our children on their heads to help them chase their dreams? Is that what you're suggesting? Do not try this at home. Eric's, um, actually, Eric's parents are two of our big horse mentor mentors. So they come to Vegas and they train us, you know, for a couple of months every winter. And they're, we all grew up training with them, uh, riding and vaulting. And they are two of the people that have taught me about hard working the most. They just, that's just the way that they operate. So I think it was probably instilled in you since the child. I, I mean, we grew up with, <laughs> it's funny because oh, I'm, I'm not young, but I'm not old enough to have experienced the childhood that I did. But I grew up a, a big part of my childhood. We didn't have power. We had, you know, we had, we didn't have running water. We bought, my parents bought a chunk of land in the mountains in Colorado and we took it from a side of a mountain into a, we built a barn and an arena and a house and everything. And now it, and it became a beautiful property. And now my brother actually lives there and it's great. But I mean, I, as a kid, remember walking down to the spring with two five gallon buckets and filling them up and walking back up the hill with a couple of five gallon buckets and then going and milking the goats and doing just, so I, I think I grew up in a different era. <laughs> yeah. Well, there wasn't, it sounds like there wasn't the option. It wasn't like, Hey, we need you to help. And if you didn't, it would just be a fight. It was like, no, you actually have to go get water. And like, there's things that have to get done. <laughs> you, do you want to drink something? Or would you, <laughs> you, you want some water to drink? The springs down there, go get some. <laughs> Is your, yeah. you said your brother lives there. Is, do, yeah. you, do you guys have like other siblings? Like, I'm curious, do they have that kind similar mindset that you guys have in whatever they do in their lives? Um, so I have one little brother. He's a uh, four and a half years younger than me. Uh, he, we were, I mean, he's, he's pretty stubborn too. We went completely different directions. He's a, his degree is in mechanical engineering with a bachelor in something else, engineering. I don't know. And, um, he, he works, he does like forensic engineering for crash reconstruction. And so he, he definitely went a different direction than me, but he's, he's pretty, he's 
pretty stubborn. I think I still, my, I think uh, I still out stubborn him though. And I have an engineer brother also who's just a. Uh, See, we have smart siblings. Yeah, he's a, he's a super activist too, and he's definitely you know he's uh, into conservation of lands and and fighting to you know preserve uh, the earth. And uh, my other brother is just really entrepreneurial and um, you know starts a million really interesting inventions and ideas. So I think we're all going for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. Like if I you know if or when I have kids, like. I would want that kind of attitude. And one of the things I've learned recently is it seems like really common with people that grow up on farms or ranches where there are a lot of things to be done that like city, I'm a city kid growing up in LA. Like we didn't, it's like you let the dogs out in the backyard to go. I didn't even have to walk a dog. I just let it in the backyard. So there wasn't that, that mindset that, was instilled not from force, but just from like the way life was that like, Hey, shit's not always fun and you got to do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for, you know, you get home and oh, I'll just go play video games or mm-hmm. you get home and there's just a bunch of stuff that just has to get done. I mean, it, it's not, it's not like, it's not an option or a, you know, I don't feel like it. It's just, it, it's kind of like you have, you have to eat. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's yeah. not a, so you don't, you don't grow up with that. Oh, I don't feel like it. Cause there isn't, I don't feel like it. It's you, you just, you get it done. And I grew up on a uh, Arabian horse farm in Southwest Virginia. And so there was always out, we were outside all the time. It's all we did. And when I started doing vaulting, I was driving an hour each way to practices, you know, three days a week. And that was before she had a license. <laughs> <laughs> what about <Throw> the tractor? <laughs> what about like the challenges of like the fail, like the failure pieces? So when you know you guys are trying <laughs> a new, uh, trying a new trick, or you know you're falling off the horses, or people are falling off you, what's the, what has you guys like that piece that has you kind of not quit in those like little details of. Of, of trying something that might be impossible. Um, I think that's the whole thing is you, if you try something that works the first time, it's not really worth working on, you know, <laughs> like that's easy. It's it, what's really interesting, what, where things become interesting and where things become something that you, you know, someone's willing to pay a ticket to come see is when you try something the first hundred times it doesn't work. And it takes that, you know, do it a hundred times and keep tweaking it, keep messing with it until it does work. And that's that, I think that's the big difference between, uh, you know, I mean, some people fall into good luck and they just get and things work out for them and great, good for them. But I think the difference between most of us is if you, if you try something cause you think it's going to be cool or for whatever reason, and it doesn't work and you go, well, I still think it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep trying and you keep pushing it until it does. And I mean, that's, we, you can see that in a new trick that we train or you can see that in, I mean, we're, we're finally getting our show on the strip for the first time South point. We've been trying to get this for ever, but you know, most of the time up until now it's failed. We, we tried one way or another and it didn't work and no kept So just keep going back and keep trying, come at different angles, get well, better and, a lot and of come times- back at it. Our, our newer stuff comes out of tricks failing and things that, failing, that you know, it turns into other things. So you can learn, you, you can learn a lot 
by the way something doesn't work. You know, you, you try something, it doesn't really work, and you can go, oh, hey, but that could be really cool. Which happens more times than not. <laughs> I love that. I don't you. I don't know that you said it exactly like this, but I wrote a, down a little note just now, which is because I've never heard it said like this. Which is failure is where value is created. That sounds. Yeah, good. That sounds great. I definitely <laughs> said it just like that. I don't. Th- I don't. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. We just created it. But I was like, oh my god, that's so cool because you know, failure is where value is created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger quoted Arnold Schwarzenegger said that. Um, I know, like with my most of my clients or the people that I you know come in contact with, whether even you know not the people typically on this podcast because they're the people who aren't stopping, who are pursuing whatever they're up to. But failure is such a stopping point for people. We're so afraid to look bad, to fail, to get it wrong, you know, to to whatever we think might happen, which is mostly in our head. But you guys actually view it as like the actual money, the dollar, the value, the excitement, the reason you'd show up is because of all the times you guys have failed. Right. And I mean, if all we did was stuff that worked every time, worked the first time we tried it, it wouldn't be very interesting to watch. Nobody, I mean, I wouldn't pay to go watch that. But you, what you, I mean, if you go to any a Cirque du Soleil show, think any of that stuff worked the first time they went, hey, I got this crazy idea. Let's get a guy in a bird costume, a bungee cord, <laughs> throw him off the side of the wall and make him do three backflips and see what happens. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It starts with, hey, if we put a guy in a bird costume and hook some bungee cords, maybe he could jump off this little thing and they does that and it doesn't really work that well and they go hey you know what though if we made the bungee cords longer maybe it would work better and try that and uh, kind of yeah hey maybe if he did some backflips it would work if you know we changed this angle and we did and eventually you come up with this amazing thing that you know you, you work towards and you built up and it it's built off of a bunch of failures that accumulated into a success that did sound good to hear that I did say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of that, some of those engineering uh, brain, you know, molecules got in onto you too. Um, Definitely, he builds all of our props. Oh, nice. So, what? In what about for you guys specifically? Like, and this is going to be probably separate for each of you. What's the thing that you can think of that has been the most challenging that pushed you the closest to like wanting to stop or quit? In your life, it doesn't have to just be around this, but it could be. But Is it, can I say putting up with her? <laughs> I mean, she's sitting with you, not with me. You can say. <laughs> My answer is the same. <laughs> is that is that really the answer? Is that... No, no. <laughs> you guys got okay. quiet. I was like, wait, well, that that might have really been. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that's I'll all. answer it first because um, we did go through a period in our time where we had a bunch of money put into the show. And um, it was like dream come true kind of thing where it was a lot of work, but it was just almost surreal how we were getting to go into this with all this money. And um, the way that it turned out was, you know, really bad and it kind of collapsed. And we ended up back in Vegas with just ourselves. And it was a really low point where it just felt like everything came crashing down. And that was like the best it could have gotten or that was our one big chance uh, that we had and that it failed and what were we going to do now? Um, And we talked about, you know, it, and we decided, I think within a week to just start building um, in our backyard here. And we started building aerial props 
then we started doing um, free community shows once a month. And then we uh, raised the Kickstarter to put out our own show, which was when Gladius started. Okay, Eric, what was yeah. your... <laughs> What's yours? I don't know. <laughs> I told you I landed on my head a lot, right? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I Mine's not quite as cut and dry. I mean, we obviously went through that same experience. I I came out of it pissed off and didn't re- wasn't really sure where I wanted to go, so I got a bunch of junk steel and built and decided to build a build bleachers. <laughs> so that was kind of my my deal with it. And then then we had bleachers, so then we had to do a show, right? Um, I don't. <sighs> My, I don't have the same, I don't know, my, I don't have like a uh, hardest spot. Like it's all been, you know I mean? There's, there's always something hard and there's, there's always, always something, something positive and you just kind of try to let the, let the negative stuff roll off and follow the positive. I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I don't, I don't sure. really deal with, I kind of yell at it for a second and walk away and keep moving forward. We try not to entertain it too long. I love that. Cause we, m- most of us entertain the drama or that like we actually get, it's kind of like we get fuel out of all the crap or the things that aren't working. It's like a way right. to distract ourselves. So it's like we choose to get fuel out of the other stuff That's and awesome. to make the goals and, and just keep going. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really good at, I don't know. I don't, I don't look, I don't look back at the, I guess it's the same thing. I don't look back at the failures or the what doesn't work or whatever. I just kind of always move forward. So I don't, I, I don't have, so I, I, I'm sure I do have a bunch of those, but I don't give them enough attention. Even it's not something that's prominent. I don't, I don't know. We more find humor in them. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about, because animals, I mean, obviously horses specifically, but your, your partners in all of what you're creating is something that you actually can't use verbal communication with. I mean, you do in the sense of there's commands and things, but you can't have a conversation. You know, if you, if you guys are working with each other, you can have a conversation and be like, Hey, we need to do this and this and this. Whatever, man, the horses listen better than she does. (laughs) (laughs) What's What's the biggest like challenge when you, when it comes to like working with animals? Um, I think the biggest challenge when it comes to working with animals in general is remembering that they're not humans. Uh, one of the things that I you see a lot is that people treat animals like they're human and expect them to react similarly and, and have the same intentions as a human does. And they don't there, you know I mean? Whether, and they're all different dogs are different than cats, which are different than horses, which are different. And you have to understand that as long as you remember that and really pay attention and remember that a horse, you know, a horse, doesn't see the world the same way that you do and they don't (laughs) so you have to you have to understand that for us to really work with them and communicate with them we have to we have to be the ones that adapt and we have to see the world the way they do so that we can communicate and i think that's the big we have to understand how they operate and also we learn to listen to them by observing um a lot of their stuff is physical and and once you get to know them they become pretty easy to read yeah. Like when they kick you, they don't like you. When they bite you, they don't like you. Oh wait, no. I'm, I'm like, are you guys talking about each other right now? Or is it like, um, that's actually I haven't been hurt a long time. <laughs> that's actually a really cool idea that 
probably is translatable to humans too. Like you guys said, this is some more of your brilliance, right? Like you just said, the way that you do it is by actually like trying to put yourself in their, you know, like see the world like they do. And imagine if as human beings, we actually did that, right? We spend, we try to, we think that just because like we're all human, we see the world the same, but we don't, right? We all see it completely unique. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's definitely true. I mean, different life experiences change the way that you perceive things. Um, the, so, yeah, it, and and we all do that. I mean, we all look at, I'll see, I mean, even, even with us, we've been working together forever, and we'll both look at the same thing and see it differently and look at each other and be like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you get it? Why don't you yeah, see it the I mean, way that, I do? That, that happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys work that stuff out? So when you, you guys are a team and when you do like, not like, Hey, we're just, we're not getting the thing right, but we actually see it differently. How do you get past that obstacle? Um, I blindfold her. Uh, oh, wait. Um. We, get, uh, we get, you know, we have our moments of getting snippy or, or arguing about something, but we've been working together so long that it's just kind of like, I just, we just know how each other operates. So I guess we just get over things quicker and get to the solution because it's more important than. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same deal. You, you just like, you can deal, you can complain about it and fight about it, but it doesn't really accomplish anything. So you, you figure out, okay, why is it, why is this particular thing a problem for you and not a problem for me? And then we figure out how to deal with it. So it's not a problem for you either. I mean, it, it there's not, a, it's not really that complicated. You just, deal with a problem versus living in it. What about I'm listening to you guys and you guys have this like great rapport with each other and it's like playful and fun, but you guys aren't a couple, right? Like you guys have, Oh God, no, no, I love that. So do you guys guys have husbands, wives, like what, you know, what's, what's outside of the two of you? Yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, (laughs) Eric's wife is a big part of our crew. So we have four people that are our people that are here all the time training. And that is Eric and I and his wife, Lisa. And she's amazing. If you look up any videos, you'll see her and Nicole. And Nicole grew up uh, training vaulting with Eric from the time she was seven years old. So we are the four that hold it all together. Um, And then I have a boyfriend of six years uh, who also runs our music for the show the sound. So he's a part of it too. So is there any, like you guys have this great relationship that almost, you could almost think you guys are a couple when you're listening to you guys interact. Is there like, (laughs) does anything ever come into play? Like when, I mean, you said you have a boyfriend, like, is there jealousy? Is there, or is it just, everything's just clean and works. It's just clean and works. I think it's been. We make fun of each other a lot more than we have anything else. I think it's been this way for so long that it's just, there, it's just, Eric's my brother, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's more like that. And they're just, it just, the vibe isn't there. So there's no jealousy, you know, or maybe that's just the way performers are there. <laughs> they, that's just how it is. People don't care. Yeah, I, don't know. I, don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. It's not a, it's, it's a non-issue at any rate. There's yeah. no, <laughs> okay. So we're, I don't know. We're, we, we work together and we, hang out every once in a while when I have to put up with her and other than that. (laughs) So, and then what about like, what's, what about like, what's next? You know, you guys said you have Gladius is going to be Gladius. The show is going to be at South point. When is that show? Um, so that's the 21st of July. July. And, uh, that's our, that's kind of, we've been trying to get the show to where we 
we could get it on the strip one way or another forever. So we finally, so this is a huge move for us. Um, it's just a one day deal. We have two shows, one o'clock and five o'clock. So anyone listening to this, please come and support us. Um, and then from, we're also shooting a reality show. Hopefully, well, we're shooting it, whether it, we're shooting a pilot picked. for the reality show. Right. That's the word I was looking for. And, um, so that's going to kind of accumulate in, uh, at, with the South point show, we've been shooting it for a little while now and hopefully, you know, that gets picked up. And so those are, those are the things that are kind of a little out of our control as far as what's, you know, we, we put everything into it and they kind of, hopefully it turns into more. And uh, then we also have all the stuff that we do have control of that we're, we're leaving to go do some more shows uh, out of town pretty much right after South Point. And we're, we'll keep booking ourselves all over the place and doing the keep and keep training and adding stuff and failing and succeeding and making the show better and bigger. And that that's, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at is the, we're, we're going to keep fighting and pushing forward until we have the show where we want it, which is on the strip on a regular basis. So I don't you know, I mean, that's just how we get there is is uh, still a little up in the air, but will we get there? Hell yeah. What is there? And then how do you, what's the evolution of like, as the show grows, right? Like that's where you're going. And then how do you guys, what's the process of like creating new routines, new moves, new, you know, you can't grow a third leg, so you can't like, you know, stand differently on, how do you guys come up with like new stuff like that? Um, we, well, a lot of it is, is sometimes you see something somewhere and you get expired, uh, inspired. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early to talk. Um, sometimes, you know, I mean, we'll go watch shows and stuff just for inspiration. I'll go see a show and you know, Hey, you know what? That's kind of a cool idea. What if we spun that this way and you know, come up with a way, something that could work for us. And then a lot of it honestly happens when we're just screwing around We'll be out there trying something dumb and it kind of works, but it gives us an idea of something that could be really cool. And so then we, we push that way, or I don't know, it'll be sitting around randomly pop an idea, pop in your head. I, a few years ago, I don't know where it came from. I decided it'd be really cool if I parasailed off a team of horses across a dry lake bed. And you can see that on YouTube. I watched that video. And uh, I, had no, I'd actually never even parasailed before, so I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. And I called a few parasailing places and tried to get some information. They all told me I was crazy. This is a good example of how you could see things differently and both be human because he thought it was a great idea and I thought it was the worst <laughs> idea ever. <laughs> she didn't think it was such a good plan. And uh, so they all told me I was crazy. And then I finally I called one in like Australia and the guy's like, oh, mate, that would be awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I did. <laughs> So I got at least the basic information, like how strong does the rope have to be? How, what size parasail do I need for my weight? How fast do I need to be moving? So I, I got some basic stuff and, you know, don't go with the wind. If you, you know, the basics that I need to know. And I decided to try it. We went down and my original plan was to hook to the back of a truck and kind of get the basic ideas. But I was running out of daylight and I just said, fuck it, let's go for it. And I went for it and it took the first first try it took me about five different attempts to get it to do anything because it i didn't know what i was doing but once i kind of got it figured out it 
It was a blast, but that just came out of thin air. I don't know where there wasn't like some inspirational anything. I just one day was sitting on the couch and went, Hey, I got a stupid idea. Let's try this. A uh, lot of times our ideas will come out of like, if we have to put one act going into the next act and we have to come up with some sort of transition, we kind of have ingredients on the stage, you know, that are just different and we got to put them together into something and we'll come up with stuff in those moments too, where we just tr- have to make like the whole big picture of the show work. So now all of a sudden we're venturing into new ideas. Yep. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we have a bunch of ideas for different acts that are in the show currently, but we have a few that aren't in the show yet that we're, we'd like to, we're working on trying to build and make happen. And then in the meantime, we'll come up with some other idea. You know, one of us will just be like, Hey, I just thought of something. What if we, I don't know, something, whatever, whatever the new dumb idea is. And then the other one will tell the other one that we're idiots. And then we'll, then we'll turn it into an act. <laughs> so it's kind of like anything on anything goes. It's like anything you can dream up or see. It's like adding it to horseback basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of it is the, the more out there it is, the better. I mean, you know, there's no, there are no rules. This is entertainment. This isn't, I'm not in a competition. There's no rules. There's no guidelines. There's no, we can, if we can come up with it and figure out how to pull it off, we can do it. So it's really cool like that. You just get to let yourself, you, you get it. You, it's a, it's probably the most creative place you can be because there aren't, there's no, there's nothing saying, Oh, well, no, that you can't do, you know, or that takes too long or that's out of the specs or that, you know, like, all you got to do is figure out how to make it work, whatever, whatever you can come up with. Has there ever been a idea or a something you've tried that you guys were like, we can't do this. It's somebody's going to die. Like we're, this is not, a, like, this is not, we can't do this one. Yes. Do you do what, what does, can you tell me what that idea was? Yes, but we end up figuring out how to do it anyway. Um, the, the parasailing thing was a good example that the yeah. few American companies told me it was crazy and I was going to die. Um, Why did they think but, you would die? Like they wouldn't get you up in the air and you just get dragged or something. What? Um, I don't, they didn't want to go into too many details. <laughs> I think mostly what they're worried about was that I'd hit like a pocket of air pocket and hit the ground and get drugged by horses okay. that wouldn't want to stop. I, I think that was their main concern. Um, I think the other main concern is they just had no idea. Nobody had, nobody had tried something like that before. So they just, they didn't want to give me advice and it fail and then have me come after them. Cause they told me that I could do it and I couldn't do it. Um, I, I think that was the main part of that. Uh, one of the, another, like, so this has been done before, but not by anyone my size. I decided I was going to do a backflip on the horse while, while it's cantering and land back on the horse and no, but like, they're little, you know, five foot something, hundred and something pound guys that have done it since a hundred years ago in the circus, but nobody even close to my size ever tried it. So that was another like, you're an idiot. That's not, you're, that's just not something that's doable. And you were the first person to ever do that in competitive vaulting. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's been lots of ideas that, and there's been tons of ideas that we've had for the show that just that don't work. You know I mean? Not every idea is brilliant. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, have- sometimes you mess with it. We, um, we had a, one that we re- we thought would be really awesome 
with a like standing on a snowboard behind the horses and doing <laughs> kind of like water skiing but which is also on the youtube channel we've done, we've done and <laughs> and, it, and it, i mean it works but it just never never was that interesting to watch it's kind of fun to do but it wasn't you know kind of so that was just an idea that you know just wasn't particularly successful and we kind of played with it and it was like all right well it's kind of fun it hurts when you hit the ground and a stick sticks in you but usually uh, when we have ideas that seem like we're gonna die or something (laughs) we'll talk about it but we'll also just start training it in modified versions until we build up to it and it and then usually it just works because a lot of the stuff that we do now i would have thought was crazy years ago but now it's easy we did um um uh, there's uh when i first roman rode eight belgians together my we, first we just we just grabbed that for me and uh, everyone else that doesn't know what that yes. means so think but you've seen the budweiser hitch right yeah there was or lots of people seen that take the guy that's sitting on the wagon stand on the back two horses and get rid of the wagon and then speed <laughs> it up um so i i originally went to budweiser with the idea thinking because at the time i had two horses and buying six and more wasn't really an option. And I went to Budweiser and I was able to get into talk to Dave, who was the guy in charge of all the hate stuff. And he told me I was nuts. <laughs> said, no, it's impossible. It can't be done. They're just too, their horse are too powerful. They'll just pull you right off. There's, you just, you can't do it. And I don't know, six months later, yeah, something like months. that, I ran into a guy who didn't really know anything about it, but, thought it sounded really cool and helped finance six horses. And within a year of the whole Budweiser thing, we actually did it at an event that Budweiser was at. And so, you know, not only were we doing the act (laughs) where you were standing on them and Roman riding them, we had us jumping on the horses in the front and doing tricks on the front, on some of the front horses. So it was a whole act built around, you know, galloping around on, so, so I mean, just just because it's impossible doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah, I'm like, also, when is this going to be? You know, a Budweiser Super Bowl commercial with you? You know, I, I know, right? <laughs> we almost, we actually, we had Coors interested, and they started. We started working with them a little bit, and then I think Molson bought them out, and then the whole all the people that we were working with disappeared, and that was the end of that. It's actually a great but, idea too, like a competitive, like one of Budweiser's competitors. Yeah, you know, that's it, what I thought. It's like we're bigger, <laughs> we're better, we're better. We don't even need the the you know the it's not a chariot, but like the wagon. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we just put men on top of horses. Yeah, no, it was that was that was kind of. I was hoping to go that direction. We were actually in talks with Coors, and then like I said, the buyout thing happened, and that was the end of that. But whatever. So it was, it was fun. So to see all this, besides checking out you know your guys' YouTube channel, like and looking up Gladius the show. You, we want people to go to Gladius the show at the South Point Casino in Vegas on right. July 21st. There's Definitely. 1 p.m., 5 p.m. Can you do that? Can you tell us that in your Arnold's best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression again? <laughs> Come to the South Point show on July 21st. There's a one o'clock and a five o'clock. Be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Southpointarena.com gets you tickets. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think on our we have a also link our, on our, our website, website and our probably our Instagram Everything. and Facebook and all of our. What are, give me yeah. give me all those addresses. What's your Instagram and your website? Gladius and, the show. Okay. It's all Gladius the show. Yeah. Everything Facebook, is Gladius the show. Facebook is Gladius yeah. the show, and then our website is www.gladiustheshow.net. 
right. G-L-A-D-I-U-S dot net. Yeah. Okay. Or sorry, wait, Gladius the show. Gladius the show, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Any, you know, any parting words that you would say for, you know, people that are, whatever they're up to in their life, they're up to things that, you know, may seem impossible, may seem challenging, may seem like they might kill them, but they're, you know, they're following their dreams or their heart. Anything you would leave them with? I would say, don't do it all for the Instagram photos. Actually, (laughs) get outside, put your, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, do the hard work because you're not going to get to your dream overnight and you're going to have a lot of failures. So, um, you know, just focus on doing that work yourself and you'll get there. Um, yeah, all that. Um, also just remember why you're doing it. You know, like you, you, if this is your dream, do it. Don't, don't just, Oh, you know, this would be cool. And, uh, but it's hard. It's, it's, if it's your dream, do it. Why not? What do you got to lose? You know, worst case, Worst case, you're in the same position you are right now. So move forward, go for it, do it, make it happen. You're you're only going to be able to look back at it and smile. Like it's only going to be a good experience. So go for it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I, I really want to thank you guys. Thanks for having such awesome senses of humor. Thanks for being like playful and fun with each other. But with me here, uh, thanks for the vulnerability of doing Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations. <laughs> Uh, on this show with no take backs. Um, and I just applaud your guys. There's a ridiculous sense of, you know, courage and bravery because a lot of the things you guys do could, you know, kill you or, or seriously hurt you. And, um, but you do it in the chasing of a dream, which is just crazy inspirational. And, you know, it makes me look at like, why am I stopping for things that could not even hurt me or all the Mm -hmm. people that I know that we're stopping for these stories in our head and stuff that literally we'd be fine. And you guys are out there, you know, putting your bodies and your lives and and whatnot on the line for a dream. Thanks for sharing that with, with me and the, the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. And go see Gladius the show at the South Point Arena on July 21st. Yes. Yes. Go see Gladius. Come over here. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube. And leave a review on iTunes. And share this podcast with a friend. If you want more, or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex, or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com, or even email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Thank you.